Let's talk now our South Africa's rich natural heritage. So our next guest argues that our country sells its stunning scenery and wildlife, such as Kruger National Park and the Table Mountain, to international tourists. However, easy access to nature has not been uh, given to local communities. There is a critical linkage between nature, language, and heritage. Further, the resources required to visit our natural heritage tend to be out of reach for the average South African. So let's talk now. Conservation Manager for the Botanical Society of South Africa joins us, uh, talking South Africa's rich natural heritage, Rupert Kuopman. Rupert, uh, good morning to you. Thanks for making time. So what is, why is it important for us to, to, first of all, understand the linkage between nature, language, and heritage? Yeah, so um, I was driving from Cape Town to Grafrenet on Friday, on, on, sorry, on Heritage Day, yes. And um, just, uh, you know, um, when at the time I wasn't driving, my wife was driving, and just flipping through the timeline and, and looking at what was going on in terms of how people were celebrating Heritage Day. And, it, you know, we've got this amazing country with a lot of cultural diversity. Um, but for me, as a, as a botanist and someone in conservation, I'm not seeing the draw through linking that diversity to the natural diversity that we have as a country, um, which is immense. And it's actually world-leading. You know? And um, thinking about some of the things that I've read and been exposed to by, by being the field, where you know more than 70% of South Africans are still using medicinal plants uh, or, or, or plants for cultural and spiritual reasons. Mm. Um, it, there's a lot of celebration of it, but it's, it's never really tied together. And 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 I, I I'm just uh, making the point that you know heritage is our cultural heritage, but it's our natural heritage too, and they're inextricably interlinked. So why is it important that we pay homage to our natural heritage? I mean, even though we know there's certain natu natural heritage sites that have been earmarked for tourist attractions and not all South Africans can access these financially, but surely there must be other ways that we can still, you know, uh, take this quite seriously and pay homage to our natural heritage wherever we are. Yeah, so from a conservation point of view, obviously, um, it's under threat. So... Uh, uh, if you think of, of where we've established our cities, those were really when it's nice places to live, close to water, um, but they would have been very rich uh, in, in natural or resources. So if you think about Cape Town in the beginning, there's lots of fresh water um, and forests as well. And those forests got wiped out very early on. Um, and, and you can repeat that pattern as, as you go across the country as, as um, kind of... Uh, the colonial civilization spreads into South Africa. Then, um, then you've got to think about what the role is that it, it plays for us. You know, um, so, so access to nature is really good for humans, for, for our psyche. Um, so we don't need it so much anymore for for uh, subsistence and, and food and so forth. But you can still draw that sort of resources from it. But um, is definitely, and especially these days, uh, pandemic times, um, and, and with us being isolated, uh, it's really good for your mental health to be out in nature. You know, um, and, and we need to, to be fit and, and um, experience life in 3D again, just not, uh, not just our screen. And um, so that that is an opportunity. And and I've seen in Cape Town um, that 
lot of our nature areas urban are, are very well used now, much more than they were before, mm. because people are, are starting to, to realize um, this, what they need, essentially. So, I mean, climate change has had its own impact in terms of our biodiversity, but how do we protect plant life, in, in especially the cities? Mm. So that's, that's an interesting point because, you know, not just uh, is it good for us to access nature, but our nature in the cities is um, a lot of times different. So just two examples. In, in Cape Town, a lot of the, the framework that you get on the lowlands left, not on the mountains, um, is only found in the city, those vegetation types, and there's very few of it left. Uh, and, and similar in Pretoria, you know, like... Um, the lowland, the grasslands that you get in Pretoria are actually quite different to what you get on the ridges. And um, with us encroaching on these areas more, uh, you know, uh, fragmentation, you know, when we, when we cut up nature into smaller and smaller pieces, then um, they lose the capacity these to look after themselves. And then we have to uh, get a lot more uh, involved in active management of these sites. Mm. And, and so that's, that's that's almost the, the immediate threat. Climate change is a, an upcoming and, and emerging threat. But, um, you know, it's something that from uh, being, when I started being in the field a while ago, uh, it was a bit of an testing. There were projections happening, but now we're seeing some of those projections come to life. I was just checking on is a, a researcher, Kaylee Murray, and um, she's just been doing uh, some work up in the Northern Cape looking at the COVID risk. And um, they're seeing, as was predicted in the northern extent of, of, of the population, um, up to 80% mortality in these populations. So, uh, so climate change is happening. Hello, Rupert? Yes. Oh, you're there still. I okay. Saw, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yes, we, we talk about preserving plant life, but let's also just uh, link mm-hmm. it to how preserving this plant life is also going to be us preserving ultimately our language and culture. Mm. And, and our styles of food, <laughs> you know, so yes. um, our, our, before we go to, to uh, language and culture, just, you know, think of our water resources. These are, are all linked to having insect habitat. And um, I think it's less than 10% or close to 7% of our surface area delivers 60% of the water in this country, you know, so these are disproportionately important areas from a spatial point of view, um, and, and they need to be looked after a lot better than we're currently doing. But uh, what you're saying about the language is um, last year for Heritage Day, a linguist, um, Camilla Christie, uh, the blog for us on, at, at the Botanical Society, referring to um, how... Um, even though we've pretty much lost the the, the four main kuku branches of, of language, so that mm. would be Namakora, uh, Te Kuku, um, Eastern Kuku, and one other way, I can't read my own language now. Um, but so we've, we've lost those languages because those are the first uh, contact of, of colonialism. Um, and But some of the plant names still remain um in that language, so you can be just a plant lover looking at the books and talking to local people, and you will still be using toy names. So, just a couple like Honabos um, mm-hmm. is, is a passerina species, um, Darabos is here a shrub that, that uh, both edible seeds and, and used for, for various purposes, 
um, also like uh, tree burn, which is like the interim a, a plant which is used actually because it's got a lot of thorns that is used for crowds and stuff, but it's also got an, an edible um, berry. And um, the, the same applies to the rest of the country. Uh, uh, each region, and, and this is just always re-emphasizing, I think, a long drive like I've done now, it's got its own unique flora, and obviously we have people associated using that differently. So, you know, in this country you drive 50 kilometers and you're in a totally different vegetation type. So that means we've got a different composition of plants, and the people there would have used the plant in, in different and interesting ways. So what are the tips that you would give then to community members uh, just to conserve their environment and to appreciate their plant life more? Yeah, so I, I think from, again, from our point of view, uh, it, it's important for people to know how understudied uh, and, and uh, our, our plants actually are. And we've got a fantastic um, citizen science platform called iNaturalist, which is international uh, that we use now. For, for our citizen science endeavors, and I would, uh, I would recommend that people start downloading that. We're actually doing a bunch of training about how to use iNaturalist because uh, twice a year there are these global biodiversity of, um, uh, observation challenges, mm-hmm. and uh, so Africa's pretty much been leading the pack for the last couple of years. You know, like <laughs> we lost the rugby, um, and we're not good at other sports, but in, from a nature point of view, we, we are right up front. So using these tools to help us observe what's actually happening in cities, in urban fragments of nature, that's, that's really cool. Um, and then um, the other thing is just, you know, putting it on the map of your your local um, councillors and so forth, because uh, conservation, the still thing is this kind of Cinderella in, uh, activity that happens, as you said in the beginning, at Kruger National or Park or Table Mountain National Park. You know, it's not in and around us, but actually these urban um, areas are super important, not just from the fact that the species that are there are, are really um, threatened and, and interesting, but um, also just uh, from an accessibility point of view. You know? So it's, it's much easier. We know that resources are always a challenge in our communities, um, and it's, it's uh, easier to take a five or ten minute bike or taxi drive to your local nature area and having to save, you know, for months to go somewhere uh, further. And um, so, so from an educational point of view as well, not just the health point of view, it's, it's important for us to have access to these areas. Yes. Can we share your social media footprint, and uh, digital footprint? Sure. So um, we're on Instagram, Twitter, and um, Facebook, uh, Botsop SA, so that's short for the Botanical Society of South Africa. Botsoc, um, and B-O, I'll, sorry, Botsoc, yeah. B-O-T-S-O-C. Yeah, it's a, so no, no spaces. Okay. Um, and, and that's where you'll, you'll get our updates. We do a regular blog. I do a monthly webinar with um, amazing invited speakers on plant conservation issues. Uh, we are a membership-based organization, so uh, there's, there's a lot of information for our members there. Um, and... Yeah, like uh, we, we're trying to make uh, plants and, and the connections with people come alive and and uh, we'd like more people to join us on this journey. All right, and, and membership uh, criteria? 
Oh no, is it a whole list no, of it, or it's, it's just a few things? <laughs> no, no, you 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 just uh, join the botanical society. So okay. we've got a special one at the moment, and and there's various uh, price categories for you know seniors, families, and and so forth. Okay, thank you so much again for joining us, Rupert. We appreciate your time this morning. Thank you so much, Asanda. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, Rupert Kuopman, Conservation Manager at uh, the Botanical Society of uh, South Africa. So on social media, it's at BotSocSA. Talking about our natural heritage. Okay, so we are almost done uh, in terms of uh, the show, uh, but we'll definitely do this again tomorrow, fam. Thanks uh, to everybody who's tuned in.